Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Time Podcast. I'm your host, Miguel Miola, and my guest today is Colin Cornwell, who is actually my good friend and producer of this podcast. We talk about how he moved to NYC on a whim, made a career for himself in audio, and how he went from a dog walker to being the full-time lead audio developer for the video game Everland. I hope you guys all enjoy. Go, Miguel. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Now we're live. Mm Mm-hmm. We've been live this whole time. We've been live this whole time. Fuck. I'm not going to get on my phone. Yeah, man. You got to put your phone on silent, oh, Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. What are we talking about? This Man, I don't want to switch this. Is this Cool Man Coffee, Dan? Yeah, it is. So, if anything, just keep it on wide. Okay. Cool. We'll keep it on wide for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Colin was saying he doesn't want to switch anything because Colin's normally the one producing and switching cameras but he's my guest today so i gotta focus on conversation yeah (laughs) and store and proper storytelling dude i love how you have cool man coffee dan's that's that's sam's uh case so so everybody can see there we go that's what it is sam's iphone moment 10 case with this sticker it's not mine but i did order some of his new stickers like the uh the holographic ones or whatever they are. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Cool Man Coffee Dan. Yeah, dude. And dude. hopefully I get the uh hopefully I hopefully I get the dollar bill in mine. Oh, the one you that he that? Yeah, yeah, he was wondering who got it. <laughs> yeah. Dude Colin, so me and you have known each other for It what? feels like years. It, it really does. Yeah. But I really first met you around like April. Was it really April? Man. Yeah, February maybe. Dude, that's insane. February or March, because that's when okay. I started chilling in 206. Yeah, I guess it was, huh? Because it was right at the beginning of, uh, like, 368. Yeah, right like at the as, beginning. as that space came open, and you guys, you were transitioning stuff over from, like, Beam yep. to, to what is 368 now. Yeah, and then I remember, I remember we all got, me and you kind of, like, got together because we wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. And I remember how that all started how this podcast completely started was i was out on a run and i just Mm -hmm. kept thinking about it i just Mm -hmm. kept thinking about it and i remember patrick was telling me like oh you know my my roommate colin he's into sound and Mm -hmm. he has all the podcasting gear and i remember i was well i didn't have all the podcasting gear i had stuff that i was working with like that could work for podcasting gear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but I didn't right. have the stuff I wanted. The stuff I wanted you're right, to you're... make a good podcast was the stuff we're using now. And then, so I remember, I remember on a run, and I started. I remember I was on a run, and I started really thinking about it. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh man, I have, I have access to people that would be willing to get on the podcast. Yep. And I think I have, I have an interesting story, and I think I have an interesting perspective that people are are willing to listen to yeah and there, there was a, like the the lag time between beam and 368 had like people that were in and around that space with like free time exactly you know what i mean it was perfect and then when i was running i remember i i think i hit you up the next day mm-hmm. and i was like yo colin we should go do a podcast and you were yeah. like oh that's crazy because i actually just bought more podcasting gear yeah and you were thinking the, the same thing the morning Patrick, I think Patrick texted me and he was like, he's like, you should come in today. Uh, like Miguel's going to be there. Sam's going to be there. And he's just like, just come work from down here. Like figure out if you can work from down here. 
then I was like, well, I don't want to come down there just to work down there just because everyone else is there. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, I'm doing this. Like we're, cause Sam had flirted with the idea a couple times when we were there before about like, he's like, oh, I want to do my solo podcast. You remember this? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, well, don't do it on your phone. Cause that's what, get a real mic. That's all he was using was his phone and it was mm-hmm. just him sitting in, like at his desk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he wanted to keep going with that method of the podcast and i was like and i overheard that i think one day when i was working in 206 with all of you guys yeah and i was like oh no no, no. don't don't do this don't do this <laughs> and then you we had talked to you and i had, or no yeah no i think it was you and i had talked yeah. about it briefly before yep about wanting to do a podcast yep and doing it in that space yep because with the like the whole transitionary period and all that stuff and it, but it was all talk like it was talk, it was talk until it was like man it would be so cool to do this yeah and then and i just remember writing dude i wrote i had a list mm-hmm. after i ran i just had a list of of guests that i wanted to have on so i just wrote down a whole yep. list of people and i wrote down what i would what would I, what i would talk about mm-hmm. and i started trying to figure out a title and then i came up with like sweet 206 yep and then you helped me come up with just like the font we're just like fo- you were just yeah, photoshopping was, shit we were together just photoshopping shit together and, and then you're nuts you were like does this look good i'm like yeah man it looks fine i just want to have something to just get it up and running yeah and yeah it was i mean it was it was all it was all placeholder stuff until we fa- like came up with connections to get someone to do stuff professionally and i just think it's amazing that, that i paid like 20 dollars for something from yeah. my brother's girlfriend and I think we used it like for a, a couple times and then we just haven't used it ever since. There's so many assets that are on that, like my laptop for the podcast that I haven't looked at in a long time. I just thought it was so, I thought it was so cool that I had this idea and we talked about it and I called you and you were like, oh, I'm actually buying this stuff. Yeah. Let's do this. And yeah. I was like, yes. Cause Patrick, yeah, I was and Patrick was like, oh, come to, like, come down to the studio today and Cause he's like, I don't think I'm going to be there, but you guys can work in the space or something like that. And then that's when I was like, you know what? And I got in an Uber and I went to like a guitar center or something. I bought a pair of those headphones cause I already had a pair that I work with. Yeah. Um, on set. This gear's not cheap, man. No. And then I bought, did I, I bought two of these. Yep. Yeah. I bought two of these and arms. I didn't in the arms. Yeah. And I think at the time what I did is I was just like. I had just upped my credit card to like close to 10k and because I had just gotten paid for a bunch of stuff yeah and I was like <clears throat> I was like all right like this is kind of risky and I was like maybe I'll return it like if 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 we don't actually follow through with any of this I'll just return this worst gear. case yeah worst case and um and I was looking at it like oh if they see me make an investment everyone else would make an investment like that's kind of how it works and i feel like it works like that with time too where dude fast forward to Mm -hmm. fast forward a few months now we have the studio space we have the studio space we have the entire studio (laughs) we We have have this awesome desk setup dude and now you're working on sam's podcast you're working on a video game yeah so much has changed in, in literally the span of like what is it four or five months exactly things completely changed yeah and working all of us smashed into 206 me like working up in the loft oh yeah in 206 yeah dude and then it went from being like it it went from being yeah it was like a small incubator where we're all working on different things (laughs) in 206 because we were like we don't have anywhere to work out of yet because they were they were still like remodeling 368 yep we didn't have this space yet nope 
and the whole thing was just so funny because I, we're all in there working and then yeah four you know, dudes yeah four dudes and then the occasional like casey like rolls in there on a one wheel oh <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because like Casey didn't know I was doing a podcast out of there, and then like he comes in, and oh, I remember yeah. Destiny was oh, on there, Destiny's podcast, and yeah. he was like, "Am I interrupting something?" Yeah, <laughs> and then just leaves. <laughs> it was great. Um, so yeah. so like to backtrack though, mm-hmm. how did you even? This is my first time like really asking you about like how did yeah. you even get started in New York in the whole audio field, and like what's what's your what's your story on I'll how do, you, I'll how do the TLDR here. of this the quick the quick and easy is like the first year and a half when I got here where are you originally from uh I was born in Tucson Arizona but I've moved everywhere I've lived in North Carolina a couple times England for a bit Alaska a couple times New Mexico California Arizona uh Missouri okay and Boston for a little bit so we like six months. How did you end up in New York? So going to college I went to college with Patrick um, in North Carolina and My girlfriend at the time and I I had no clue what I wanted to do She wanted to be an actress and I was like, oh and she was like Oh, I'll stay at home with my parents for a couple years and save up money and like all this weird like Like not giving it your all type of <clears throat> type of attitude and I had I had just saved up money because I had been investing in college for fun, and I wasn't spending any money in college because nobody spends money in college. Um, and so I had all this money saved up, and I was like, "Where do you want to go? Let's go somewhere." And I had no clue what I wanted to do, and I was like, "I'll figure out what I want to do when we get there." And then she's like, "Well, I don't know, maybe like L.A. or New York or something like that." And but she, it was like she was joking with the idea, and like realistically i think she thought we were going to stay in like her parents basement after college and get jobs in dc um and i was like nah like i was like i'll give us a month I'll, I'll get us a place for a month like an airbnb for a month fly us out there and if we have jobs at the end of the month we'll stay if not we'll like call it quits or whatever you know clearly we're not meant to be here and audio was not like audio had not ever crossed my mind at this point i was doing research psychology in college so it was all like academic statistics and all like stupid boring stuff and i was just doing it because those are classes that i had some sort of interest in okay and they made me pick a major after two years of being undeclared so i was like oh i got the most credits towards this and i want to graduate on time so I'll just do this. So then you go to DC. Uh, I got, I mean, I, I was visiting DC, like DC, North Carolina, for school, and then I'd go fly back to Alaska and visit my parents. So I was between those three areas multiple times a year, um, for extended periods of time. And then I like I flew us out. We stayed in a horrible place in Alphabet City. So Literally, you flew you, flew you guys out in New York City. Yeah. Okay, so I flew you, us so from, you guys from DC to uh, New York City. So you guys decided, yeah, that you're gonna go and do something in New York. Yeah. Do you have family out here? Uh, I have family in Long Island, but I didn't want to commute in, and I didn't want to like be a burden to them. And I had the money, so I was like, I'm, like, it's like a sink or swim thing. Where I was just like, either this will be a great like post graduation summer experience, and we'll look back and like be like, oh, this is like clearly that didn't work out do you mind if i ask how much money you had saved up to come out here i just had 10k 
10k mm -hmm. okay um which for like that money goes so fast it's insane <laughs> like i mean it was like it was like 2.5 grand for the airbnb uh, the tickets were like 500 dollars total fuck and then like once you get here you you don't realize how much money you're going to spend if you're living like you're normally living somewhere else and then you keep living like that here yeah new york city or if you crazy. go out to eat or if you like also i didn't want to deplete all all of it so like there's like some of that 10k there's like 3k that i would say i reserved for like super emergency fund yeah <clears throat> so i was getting to the point where i was like man we're running out of money <laughs> what what year was this when you first and i was spending it? money on like pr like interview type stuff like i bought a nice suit and all kinds of stuff like that um what year was this yeah what year did you first move out to new york summer of 2015 okay yeah so i think it's okay so that's that's still you're still relatively new to new york yeah what how what year it, it was, it's 2018 but i've been here for like four years now so was it was it 20 2015 is when i graduated i'm not sure i think so okay i, I want to say so okay well yeah so it's, how many, it's, was it it's, it's gonna turn years? 2019 yeah it's almost four years yeah yeah, yeah. going okay. on going on four years going on four years and um yeah so that entire thing was like just like a system shock i it always helps though when you have somebody with you oh for sure do you know what i mean like yeah it kind of like it, it dude it drove me nuts how easy it was for chelsea to get like a job she she picked up a job that chelsea's my girlfriend at the time so everybody knows um but she got like a job at uh jean george it's like the Not it's familiar. like a it's some michelin star restaurant in the okay. trump international like three michelin stars some and she was like the That's hostess serious. there and she got that job like she she was she like wasn't going out every i was going out like every morning and looking for jobs essentially or like making phone calls and doing all this i was literally non-stop trying to get a job non-stop from the time we like landed till whenever like I, I would sleep and then i wake up and i go sit in a starbucks all day and work and like send out resumes and like call people and all this stuff and then i come back around like seven or eight o'clock and then we'd go eat something and like walk around a lot we'd always walk around a lot and then go to sleep so then what was your first okay so then so so now you first moved to new york uh -huh. how did you start getting on the path to where you are now with audio and so i took like a job in finance that i really didn't like um but i kept grinding at it and it was making good money and i was like oh cool i live in new york city i can do some fun stuff every now and then but it was more of just like, uh, I'm making it in New York City, making it in New York City, whatever that means. <clears throat> and, um, hey man, but making it in New York City is really tough. Yeah, it is. It is easier with a second person, but it also, that like the second person thing also adds like an element of, uh, like if you're, if you're not on equal playing fields the entire time, it definitely feels weird. Cause then just like you make sacrifices, they make sacrifices. Like everybody's yeah. sacrificing something at some yeah. point. And, uh, wait, hold on. where were we going with this question? Um, how you got started got here. Okay. Yeah. So, then so job I didn't like first year and a half. And then I got fired from that job. The finance job. Yeah. So I decided, I decided like I, I was getting promotions and I was doing well and 
then I was like, okay, cool. With like promotions, it eventually comes like autonomy. I want to start like being more of my own boss and less of just like following orders. Yeah. And then when I, when I brought that up, that's what I wanted to do. It didn't go over so well. And it was like, we're parting ways. Like, so wait, you brought that up and, to your boss. Yeah. And that's good though, man. That, that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah. I mean, I thought so too. At the time I definitely felt like the right move. That's why I like getting blindsided by the whole, like, nah, this is clearly not going to work. <laughs> kind of freaked me out. And I kind of like froze and like, they were asking me a bunch of questions like, and I just like didn't answer. It was like almost like shock. Wow. And, um, cause I had put in so much time. I was, I was working like 12 hour days all the time or more. And they were doing all kinds of stupid, like finance fraternity type level BS. And they're just like, nah. And they're like, nah. (laughs) And the whole reason I got the job in the first place is because I got along with those guys so well. So it was like, it had nothing to do with qualifications. I wasn't qualified to do that job at all. And, but but those guys liked hanging out with me enough to the point where they were like, we'll teach you that type of thing. Yeah. I Um, respect that. It was, it was, it was cool. And the fact that everybody was that transparent about it from the get go made my life much easier. Um, in regards of like identity, I think. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I did fake some social stuff there where it's like, I'm really not part of that finance bro crowd or whatever. That's real though. Yeah. That's very real. No, it is. And I've never been like that, but I definitely played the game so I could get a good job in New York city. (laughs) Hey man, you're out here trying to make it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you get fired from there. Mm -hmm. I get I got fired, but it was in a nice way. So my boss gave me three months of severance. And then he's like, and after that, he's like, if, if you don't get, if you don't pick something up in three months, you can always file for unemployment. Cause I'd worked there long enough where they were going to have to pay for unemployment for me. Got it. Uh, and he let me keep my gym membership for like six months afterwards. And that's it was like big, an Equinox membership. And I was a, like, that's a big perk. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, that it was literally I think I got fired like three days before Pablo or right after Pablo came out, like the life of Pablo, that album. Yeah. And I, every time I listen to that album, I have a flashback of me being fired. Like, cause I was listening listening to it on the way to the subway, like in the subway, I would listen to that album Mm -hmm. for the three days prior to me getting fired. And then I listened to it on the way home. Gotcha. Right after I walked out of the, like it was escorted out of the building by security because they don't like, so everybody knows they don't let you go back to your desk or grab no. anything no. uh because there's like you have like contacts and information that's worth like to potentially millions of dollars to yeah because you're working like, in finance yeah yeah so they don't want you to like steal clients they don't want, like you sign nine non-competes for like my non-compete was six months and then or it was a year and then they what's dropped a, it down to six months what's a non-compete so it means after you leave you get fired whatever you can't work in that industry like broadly that industry for that much time so you have to sit out usually people sit out non-competes okay um so that essentially your knowledge and information becomes irrelevant got it and got it's it, like it, a safekeeping it. for those businesses um so then what do you what do you do from there so i didn't know i had no clue what i wanted to do but i knew i didn't ever ever want to work in finance again and i was like cool i have three months of my paycheck coming in but i don't have to spend 12 hours a day at work so i can actually get some sleep so I, first thing I was like, my mom was like, yo, just sleep. We'll think about this tomorrow. We'll talk about like next steps, but you're fine. And, and I didn't think of it like that. Like financially, the worry wasn't there. It was more about like, I got fired. 
So it was like a social thing. Like, how do I tell everybody I got fired? I think that's, that's a big thing though. Like that people have to deal with is like your image or. Yeah. But at that time I didn't have a social life. So what was I worried about? Who was it? Like I was literally telling my parents I got fired and that was it. And my girlfriend. And everybody of course like. And my girlfriend was happy. My girlfriend was like, thank goodness. Like you're done with this job. So. Oh, I just wanted to address the people on the chat that nobody's there to really monitor it. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so, so then you get fired. Now you have three months of severance and yep. if, and potentially unemployment, if you don't find anything yep. in three months. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting sleep as suggested by your mom. Yep. And I built out, I spent, I spent at least a month and a half worth of severance on building like my ultimate like gaming station at my apartment, stuff that I like neglected that I, that I liked before. Cause you didn't have time. Cause I didn't have time. And I started streaming on Twitch and then I was like, well, this isn't really bringing me as much like happiness as I thought it would. Cause I was like, oh, playing video games for a living would be amazing. Everybody thinks that. Yeah. Everybody thinks that until you start doing it. <clears throat> yep. And it's, mu- it's much harder when you're trying like, at that time, I was looking at it like, oh, I can make money off of this. That. Which is the wrong way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, man. That's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong attitude to have for anything. Anything. For this, for like the best stuff that we're doing as a collective, like this in this environment, like from our studio to 206 to 368, all the motivation that comes from like the best ideas that we follow through with have has never been finance, like finance related at all. No, man. And I that was one of the biggest lessons I learned from Casey Mm -hmm. because a lot of people assume that his early videos like the make account um and like his German water park Mm -hmm. videos were which went viral his iPod videos all over the world bike lanes all those videos that went viral he made no money off those videos yeah zero Mm -hmm. he 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 didn't make any money off of his like prior to the vlog he wasn't Mm -hmm. making money on on those videos at all he didn't monetize them and I remember thinking about, like, why'd he do that? And to me, I'm not sure exactly why he did that. But to me, I thought it's a good way to kind of just make stuff without having to worry about having to make money off it. Because then he was yeah. doing other jobs and he was he was doing YouTube kind of like as a hobby. Yeah. I remember and, he was, and he was making, he was making like commercials and exactly. videos like that for other companies. So the same stuff exactly to some parallel of what we all do yeah because like, I, me- I remember him sam s- does it sometimes you used to do it all the time yeah, you used dude. to do weddings. What, weddings sam does occasionally he'll shoot videos for like x or y or hey, whatever you, you gotta make money yeah and edit them and then yep. i do location sound on set and for commercials or tv and but then yeah. we still do stuff on the side where we're not necessarily making money off of it oh yeah like this when i started doing the the game stuff my idea like i wasn't going to make any money off of that in my yeah. mind i was like i'm doing this because i wanted to do it yep and then a week later i'm like <laughs> leading our audio oh dude so so we gotta get <laughs> no, into I know, that we gotta, we gotta we're gonna get into there. that but I, a lot of people immediately asked me like a lot of my family members and and, mm-hmm. and friends were like hey so once i posted that i got a studio space and i'm doing a podcast or like oh so how are you gonna pay for that or 
what's the business plan i'm like dude there is no there's no business plan there is no business plan i'm like yo i like talking to people yeah and i think it's cool to have a podcast and i want my own space yeah to do it and like the story of like how all of this unfolds is like if nothing else it's worth it to save it for memories like yes it's the new what is this i would say the like what we're doing is like the new photo album we have there's so much photo there's so many photos and memories online like so saturated now yep but i promise you when we're all 20 years 30 years in the future and we go back and we listen to some of these like from where we are at that point in our lives oh that's great we we would have wished we did more of these i never thought about it like that that's the only way i've been looking at all of this it's like a way to just like a museum of memories for everybody in this area whoa because honestly that's why i fell in love with video and photo Mm -hmm. is because i became so fascinated with the idea that that's the closest thing that we have to a time machine yep and i remember that's why i also that's one of the reasons why i was so um attracted to to casey's whole way of shooting where he just he has a crazy archive of his life even like before vlogging in youtube he's been doing this yeah been doing this but anyway just for the memory's sake just for the memory's sake exactly same thing with the wall with the polaroids same with everything it's literally like the the motivation behind it comes from like some like something like very primal yeah which is like nostalgia yeah nostalgia let me call it nostalgia call it like i don't know my my fear is like that my brain likes i start to like lose memories and uh, memories inherently flawed already and i am like if there's anywhere to preserve this like i'm gonna do it dude that's exactly why i have i have a journal that i keep that's so smart every day yeah and people think it's weird that i do that but i say it's because i have a i have like an unreasonable fear like you said Mm -hmm. when i'm getting older that Mm -hmm. like my life is just no one's gonna remember my life yeah like nobody can like reference that shit i want to have photos i want to have videos i want to have uh written paper and now audio so when we're sitting on a beach somewhere and somebody goes what was it like in this like when you were my age or whatever in tribeca in new york city new york city 2018 yeah whoa i'm getting chills thinking about it i never thought of audio being like that that's very interesting it'll be great um sorry no it's good back to your back to your uh so back to your story so now you built out your pc yeah and i'm going through and i start walking dogs for, to keep sanity because at this point i, I was locked from, inside all the time i heard that from deshaunt sorry to interrupt yeah. shout outs to deshaunt yeah uh, i met him at um this uh beam party recently mm-hmm. and he was like yeah did you know colin was a dog walker i was like what yeah dude <laughs> i walked i still have i still am a dog walker on wag so that's why that's you were yeah that's and why i you got were... in i got in as soon as they started getting big in new york city who was that what was that sorry it was like a somebody donated something thank you for donating or followed or something some thank you for following donating whoever that was we can't monitor yeah sorry um yeah anyway so they had just opened they had just brought wag from san francisco to here and wag is like a dog walking service but it's like uber for dog walking that's why you were that's why you were in uptown that one time and you're like oh i'm walking dogs yeah Yo, now it makes sense. I'm yeah. like, I was like, wait, why is Colin walking dogs? And it's great because I'd start with Wag, and then once you walk someone's dog a couple times, they're like, yo, let's just not do it through the app, and I, and like mm. I'll just give you cash or like PayPal you or whatever. Okay. And so I was making cool, very valuable connections that way, and one of them was an audio engineer that used to work for, um, 
man, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, no, a master disc. So master disc is like a mastering, uh, like lit, uh, it's like a vinyl mastering company. They're still huge. They still are like the go-to company to master vinyl, but it can be done by only a couple people now. Um, okay. and they're in upstate New York. And so when they got rid of their space in New York city, which most music related businesses moving out of New York city because the space costs too much money to upkeep. Um, and there's just not as many people like bedroom producers are taking over and people don't, people don't want to master for vinyl anymore really, or you outsource it, stuff like that. So, um, he got a job at a church on Lexington Avenue called St. Peter's and this, this, um, and eventually became my mentor. Um, his name is Brian, but I was walking his dogs and I was like, how did you get into like mastering? How did you get like, how did you start working in audio, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, I went to this like program at a school called SAE. And it's like a, what's the best way to describe it? It's a for-profit school for audio engineering. And it definitely comes off like that when you're there. So I, I went to this for six months. I did this program for six months while I was walking dogs and setting out my non-compete for uh, Carrington Fox, it's the company. And um, while I'm while I'm walking dogs and setting out the non-compete and doing this like intro to the audio engineering stuff, I start reading up on what I really wanted to do, which is like the location sound stuff. And I start buying myself gear slowly and start doing like really cheap jobs, like a hundred dollar days, like full days yep. for a hundred bucks. Yep. You start doing that and you're like, wow, okay. These are like really not professional people I'm working with. But then the opportunity comes where somebody goes, yep. the guy that I usually use can't make it. Do you want to like, do you want a shot at the title type of thing? And then you go and you don't let anything bad happen. You're super professional. Um, and then it just snowballs from there. And that's how I still get offered work today. That's how I still get, um, I probably, I probably average around like seven or eight emails a week about it from some producer or another that I've worked with. Like, can you come do this or come do that? And unfortunately now it's mostly me turning them down or sending them to other people. Yeah. Cause you're out here in Boston. Yeah. Being a boss. Maybe, maybe you can look at it that way. I, okay. It's, it's just that it's just like a priority shift. So the priority yep. shift is like down to, towards doing these podcasts with you guys and the video game. And thanks for taking the time out, Colin. Of course, dude. Thank of you. Of course. Thank you. No, this is for me too. It's not just for you. I promise <laughs> you that. Uh, for the memories. <laughs> no, man. Cause I got to remember these before, <laughs> before I just shove all kinds of more, like more knowledge into my brain and it, uh, overwrites everything <laughs> you can only hold so much dude. um so wait so now like mm -hmm. now you're just in the audio world yeah from from walking somebody's dog that was involved he tells you to he just tells me to check check out this school that he used to go to and then he has just always been like my mentor he's given me like live sound work at the church whenever so i fill in for him whenever he can't do like a sunday or whatever it is um and kind of showed me the ropes in terms of like mixing and like audio routing all like the real life 
versus like the school yeah. Yeah. level of everything. Um, and like I still I still credit him for like the only reason I'm here today is because of that man. Just like incredibly generous with his time, incredibly generous with his knowledge, and uh, yeah. It's important. It's important to like acknowledge those people because there's people that just take the time out of their busy ass day. Mm-hmm. Or, like he didn't have to do that. No, he's got a wife and a kid. Like, a wife and a kid. And juggling a job and like, yeah. No, he definitely didn't have to do it at all. But <laughs> and I was a dog walker for him. Like he was hiring me to walk his dogs. <laughs> but then now, now you've been able to create a whole career. And like you're making a living off of this. Oh yeah, it's and, like, and it started out as like, like man, what kind of job am I gonna get after this? What how am I gonna make any money? What did and you go to? I was making money. What did you go to school for originally? Psychology. Yeah, research okay. psychology. Research like psychology. academic psychology. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, and then you you're in the audio field now. now yeah. You, now you're. And that transition happened in like all of six months, <laughs> while I'm sitting at that non compete. Okay, so then now you're you're booking jobs for like is this where you start booking jobs for Dream Machine? Yeah, so somewhere around about a year and a half ago, I started booking jobs with Dream Machine across the street. So they're in uh three six eight, the actual three six eight, like the building. Yeah, the building. Three six eight Broadway. Yeah, three six eight Broadway. Suite two ten. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And the connection there is somewhere in in this transitionary period i keep telling patrick to come to new york because all this magical stuff's happening for me where i'm like moving into a completely different career and somehow i'm supporting myself off of freelance work and it went from just supporting myself to like i'm actually making money like i'm I'm able to save up money i'm able to invest in myself versus just like meeting the bare minimum to live here yeah um in new york city in new york city and I was like, this, this is insane. This doesn't happen anywhere else. I was no. like, and I was telling Patrick that, and he was at a place where he wasn't ha- very happy at the time. And I was like, come here. And then he's like, oh, I've got family up there. Like, I, I have no reason not to come there. We'd Skype all the time and talk about this stuff. And so it turns out his sister is dating Anthony, um, who's a producer at Dream Machine. Mm-hmm. And... Those guys are awesome, by the way. Dream Machine oh, is fucking awesome. They're Dylan, great. Dylan Steinberg, all yep. those homies. So Patrick had a pair of boots for a job interview, and he left them at Dream, or and his sister brought them to Dream Machine for him to pick up. Yo, I know those boots. Dylan actually tried to give me those boots. Yep. Because he was like, oh, yeah, hey, Miguel, you want a pair of boots? Uh, yep. This guy left them here. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Yep. That's crazy. That's I didn't crazy. even know that. That's, those so those were Patrick's. are Patrick's boots. And this is the catalyst for everything. Are those boots. What? Yeah. I know exactly what pair of boots you're talking about. So we go, we go to buy him, we go to Banana Republic to buy him a suit that we were later going to return so he can go into a job interview. And I was kind of like giving him like the, like, I did this the wrong way. Let's do it the right way for you this time. Where he was like, I just need to get a job. And so we lined up a bunch of job interviews. And then after we lined them up, I was like, let's get the suit. You wear the suit to the job interviews. We'll return it. That way you don't have to like you to keep that money. (laughs) and but he he didn't have the shoes and shoes are expensive if you want nice ones but he had a pair of boots and the boots were pretty nice but they were his sister had them brought them from nashville because they were out visiting family in nashville left them at the dream machine offices and him and i went from the from banana republic to the dream machine offices and as we're walking out 
we were like, oh man, this is so crazy. Like this is where Casey Neistat is like in this whole area. And we've always, Patrick and I have followed his work since I think the very first video was somewhere around, somewhere around, uh, the water park. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. That I, the, at least I remember. Yeah. Um, but then you, as soon as you see that one, you go back and you watch all the yep. other ones, bike lanes and everything. Yep. And, um, and we're like, oh, it'd be so crazy. We see him here. And literally as we walk up to the building, he pulls up on the boost board and we're like, yo, what's up, Casey? And he waves to us and he's like, hey guys, what's up? And we walk upstairs to Dream Machine, get the boots, leave. And we're like, this is insane. Like, what are the odds of that? Um, and like looking back, it still seems very, still, still makes me smile thinking about it. But because <clears throat> now it's like you run into the guy all the time oh yeah we're just down here in the building or whatever yeah now now, yeah, pa- now exactly. patrick has his phone number yeah, his phone he, number he knows like all he knows everything yeah he knows everything yeah. yep exactly and at, at that point patrick the idea wasn't even patrick said that he could ever work for the guy yeah and that story is for patrick to tell because it's yes. a good one but continuing from that we go through all of this i start working with dream machine because patrick makes that connection with anthony for me before he moves here, I start working with them and then continue that relationship till today where like the last thing I just did with them, I like drove upstate with Patrick in a car and then recorded one line of dialogue and then drove back, which was like a week ago. And it's it, a quick and easy thing. And it paid well. Yeah, it pays well. So um, that's the story of like the location sound stuff. And then as of and you're working five on, months ago you were working on like big productions too like oh yeah like I, with big names and i did uh like i did i mean i was only a sound operator for this so i didn't actually get a record record audio um but i got to do the season two of jessica jones and then marvel <laughs> defenders as well which is great which is like those are the biggest productions that i've been on um the rest is all commercial work because commercial work quick and easy and pays well <laughs> so everybody just if you guys know and you're in the freelance world that's where the money's at yeah man i mean dude those are huge names like even even for commercial work you were doing like big brand names too and you know what's crazy the only reason i got those jobs because i'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning every morning and i'd go on to all these forums on facebook where people would ask for last minute help on set and i would go and get jobs from there and it the way that works is like it's last minute because somebody called out or couldn't make it to set that day yep and you go and you just say yeah i'll do whatever you want and you, when you're the first one to respond, they go, okay, cool. Meet here at X time, which is usually like 30 minutes from the time you respond at six in the morning. So I'm already ready to go. I run out the door with a bunch of gear and show up on set and I go, man, there's all these trucks everywhere. What is this? And, and I talked to like the key PA and uh, Forrest Whitaker, if that matter, or the, I think Whitaker is not his last name. Okay. But he goes by, he goes by Forrest and, um, that guy's given me a good amount of work, but that's how I got onto those bigger sets is because I just answered stuff. You're out there hustling and, and putting into effort. Yeah. And then you show up and you don't know what you're going to do. And then you meet like sound department guys. Cause I, like that's where my interest lie was, was at the time. And I went from doing like normal PA stuff on that set to doing sound op stuff with the sound department. Yo, see I have a quick PA story of how I even got mm-hmm. involved with all that because, dude, I was I was a PA for for a while, and yeah. I always thought it was weird because 
when all the other PAs would be grabbing lunch, we would all like kind of just sit together and they'll be like, oh, so what's what, what film school did you go to? I went to mm-hmm. this film school, I went to that film yeah. school, and I'm just standing there. And then, I like, didn't go to any film school. I didn't. And like the way the way I got introduced to it was, I remember I was walking, I was shooting uh, food videos for this online food blog in mm-hmm. New York City. And I would go to restaurants and shoot like, you know, just promos for, for, their, for their restaurant or, mm-hmm. or, or the food and whatnot. And I would walk around New York City and I would see these like production spots mm-hmm. and I would just walk. With the Haddad trucks and everything. Yeah. Yep. And then I would just walk up to people that have walkie talkies and I'll be like, and I have gear on me and I'm like, yeah. hey, uh, how do I get involved in this? Oh, dude. And then they would just be like, oh, talk to this person. Yeah. Like I'd get brushed off a lot, but I would mm-hmm. keep asking. And then some people. If you keep asking and you actually go and talk to that person, you figure out where that person is on set. And Usually that's it's it. a key PA or something. And like that's that it. Hires, and that's it. And then and that's... they go, oh, show up tomorrow. Yep. They say one thing like that. And they have so many people that they can call on. Yep. Like that being the best part of their job. Yep. That it's like, it's not even like, it's no sweat off their back. If, no. if you don't show up because then they have someone else that'll go. And if you do show up and you do good work, they always remember you. Yep. And that's how I got into some production work. I had my one friend who was a rapper who was working with VH1, and mm-hmm. he just told me to come on set. Yeah, I went on set, and I'm just standing there, and I just talked to like, I just started talking to the producer, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'd love to get involved with this. She was like, okay, um, give me your email, and I'll be in contact. Emails me two days later. Oh, there's a shoot with Bobby Flay. We need you to come by. I'm like, they're like, are you? Are, are, can you come here? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I go on set. First thing, one of the first things they asked me was like, hey, um. Have you ever uh, drove a box truck? Yeah, and that's I was like, great. and you yes. just go, yep, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the box truck. I'm like, I've you never. Go, How done. am I driving this box truck in New York City? Yeah, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. But dude, I didn't even know that you would. I didn't even know that was a thing on Facebook that you could look up. Oh, there's t- there's tons of ways to find it. Most of the, most of it's through Facebook. See, and people just aren't. And you could do that. You could do that from your phone. Oh, you do it from your phone. I do it while I was in bed in the morning. I do it like you check it all the time. If you need work, there's work out there. Yes. You have to find it. That's the hardest part. And Ask everybody you know. And somebody somebody will know where the work is. That's amazing that... that. But you can't be afraid to ask. No, that's the hardest yes, part. That's the hardest part. It. It's so scary because I'm not, like a, I'm not a crazy forward person or I never used to be. Me neither. And push yourself. Like, don't be comfortable. Yes. Everyone knows that that's like one of Casey's <laughs> mantras. Like, don't get comfortable. If you make sure you put yourself in, uncomfort- in uncomfortable situations regularly, you will grow. Things will happen, man. Guaranteed. Things will happen. Nothing stays the same when you're uncomfortable. No. Because it's not fun being uncomfortable, so you find no. ways to change. <laughs> Yo, uh, I think I think Joey Diaz says it. Um, mm-hmm. He says um, things go things that are in things go to the comfort zone to die. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. That's very true. Fuck. Um. Okay, so now, mm-hmm. now you're, you got your strides going in the freelance world. Mm-hmm. You've got, you've got your, your, your feet wet. You buying gear. You're making connections. Mm-hmm. How do you land this gig, where now you're working on a video game? Now you're you're working. You have the shirt on. Ever, yeah. Everland. Yeah, yeah. You're working on a, on a video game as the lead audio. Mm-hmm. So, after remotely. Yeah. While I was doing all this freelance work, I was also like, I should get some like studio time work. Like I should go work in a professional studio. And I was like, I'll do post-production. I want to be able to work from my computer all the time whenever I can't work on set. 
because working on sets super long days it is crazy long hours and sometimes you just don't want to do that so i'm like i want the best of both worlds and i'm gonna get it (laughs) so i was like i'm gonna find a post-production house that'll take me as an intern or whatever and i worked at plush for nine months shout out to plush something like that little uh no it was over nine months i think because i i ended up staying longer than the internship or whatever it was supposed to be um it's a post-production house like a boutique post-production house on 21st and 5th mm-hmm. um and everyone there's super nice and taught, like taught me so much about doing post-production audio um and by no means am i like an expert and i was working with people that get paid to be experts and by no means does every anyone have it figured out completely like there's n- like no. they have they have the way of like people have ways of working that they're comfortable with and they go back to regularly, but there's no one way to do anything in this world. No. Like, especially not post-production. Like there are like standards to be met. Um, but there's multiple ways to get to those standards and <clears throat> it's all about finding like how you work well. And learning that was like the hardest part when I was there. Cause I always just try to copy everybody else. Yeah. And those methods only work for those people because of like, there's so many variables involved. It doesn't matter. And everybody's different. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's fucking different. So I was doing commercials for post-production and I was doing a lot of like sound design, um, a lot of editing, more editing and sound design, I would say. Um, but you learn like organizational techniques and management techniques and how to Super deal with important. clients and all this stuff. And I was getting freelance work outside of Plush um, to do like post-production audio. So that's how I got, I would say that plus my freelance on set is how I got enough experience to feel comfortable with wanting to be like, Oh, I'll do sound design for a video game. And one of the guys that I follow on Twitch, uh, Reckful, if any, if you guys Google him, Reckful is the, his like online handle, but his name's Byron Bernstein. How do you spell his online handle? R E C K F U L. Okay. Um, his real name's Byron Bernstein. And I used to play video games with them a long, long time ago. And we have like similar friends. I say long, long time ago, like twenty twelve. Okay, I think twenty eleven, something like that. Okay, when I was really young. <clears throat> um, but he's always played video games for a long time, and we have similar like friends and in, in circles. Like they're like our friend circles kind of intersect a little bit. Um, and I hung out with some of his closer friends before the audio stuff really got like going like they flew to New York city and we hung out and became closer friends and I still keep in contact with them online. But so making friends through the internet's good. It is. Um, and don't be afraid to go do cool stuff with everybody. If they come to visit your city or whatever, always reach out and put yourself out there. Um, so he puts out a tweet that says like, Oh, I have this idea to make a video game. And people have ideas all the time, but knowing like his personality from watching him online, talking to like friends, close friends, about, like with him. And then I want to say I've only played video games with him for about two months and it was all arena stuff. And it was mostly playing against him. What do you mean arena stuff? Uh, like World of Warcraft. Got Cause he, he plays competitive like World of Warcraft. And I okay. used to a long time ago, like spend a ton of time on it. And I think it was 20, 2012, 2013. Um, 
but anyway those those online circles for like that level of play are pretty pretty close-knit so you get to like know people or know people that know people and that's how the whole thing happens and so i start following him on twitch as he goes like i'm doing this passively throughout the years as i'm moving into more career stuff and then about five months ago he puts out this tweet says i have this idea for a video game i need some artists if you're an artist dm me and i think he just wanted to work up concept art at the time and i reached out on and dm'd him and was like i was like have you thought about sound at all like you need somebody to do sound i'd love to do sound design for your game thinking like i'm not gonna get paid i'm just i just want to like i just want to do it i'll work for free whatever see that's the right attitude man because I, I just wanted i just i was like this is cool i want like creating something for a video game i had only done i'd only done like little tiny test projects and i've done some ios games for like it's more ios game slash slash app interaction like interface stuff yeah. that i had done sound design for yeah but those clients that i worked with were like the borgata casino okay um and i and i was like this is cool I, I like doing this. I love how your mindset changed, though, from, like, when you first got laid uh when you first got fired. Mm -hmm. Your mindset was like, oh, I'm going to stream and play video games and make money. Mm -hmm. And then now you're well into your freelance career and, and audio career. And now you reach out and you have, I feel like, that mindset of, like, the right mindset of, hey, mm -hmm. I want to get involved in video games. Let me just reach out to somebody. I'll do it for free. Yeah. You didn't you you weren't expecting to get paid. No. Also, by the way, for that transitionary period that I was talking about, <laughs> like going back a little bit, so after my severance stopped, I did I did get unemployment. I did unemployment for six months. Yeah, good. While I was doing school stuff and also freelancing. Um like don't be afraid to take unemployment. You pay for it. Yes. as you're like if you it, it goes it gets pulled out of your paycheck every month yes so like you should I, use I, i've it, had this conversation with so many people where they're like oh i don't want to file for unemployment it makes why? me feel like makes me feel like i'm leeching off of like the government i'm like we're pay we're all paying the reason we pay so much in taxes is because that. those like those uh moments dude. those moments yeah where it's like yeah of course i need more support i'm making like a hundred dollars a day nobody can survive off that in new york city no not for long at least no you can you can make it a little bit but no you dude. need money um and there's always ways to get it so and so now don't, don't ever be afraid if if you get laid off or fired or whatever like file for unemployment self-consciousness is like it's it's huge you know what i mean like yeah it, i mean that's the biggest hurdle for 90 percent of people i think yeah. is literally like your how you perceive yourself or yeah. how you think others perceive you and i know everybody says this but the reality is most people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. That's why you're thinking about yourself and then why you're so worried about doing X or Y or Z. It's you blocking you. Exactly. I promise you it's nobody else thinking about you 90% of the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and getting out get, figuring that out is like, I figured it out the hard way. Everybody always told me that. My parents always told me that. Uh, and you know, I still had to learn the hard way. So that's some not, people are still going to learn the hard way, even if they listen to this. That's the only way I learned is the hard way. Mm-hmm. So now you reach out to Byron yep, and you're not expecting to get paid. You're willing to just yeah, do what needs to get I done. Just, all I want to do is sound design at the to time. Get your, to get your foot in the door in video games. Mm -hmm. I remember you were talking to me about this. You're like, yo, Miguel, there's, there's this opportunity. I think I'm going to work on a video game. I think this yeah. is going to be dope. Yeah. And I was like, oh, word. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
I get super excited to work on the video game. Uh, and all I wanted to do was sound design for it. So I wasn't going to do any like management management stuff. I never went into it with that idea. And, uh, I still wish I did more sound design than I actually do now, but like there's only so much time in the day. And, um, so what ends up happening is me and five other guys are on this, are on our like sound team. And as these like, Wait, what did Byron tell you when you when you? Oh, he said he 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 just was like he's like that sounds great. That sounds like a great idea. Talk to this guy Zach. And Zach was the tech lead. He's worked on. Um, he's essentially running the majority of our project right now. But he works at Offworld, and he was like a shareholder. Offworld developed Squad. If anybody goes on Steam and looks up Squad, okay, um, it's like a realistic combat shooter um, simulator type thing. Got it. And a couple other people had some, like a little bit of game experience, mostly like iOS development, same, same stuff as like me, where it's like, we had all done smaller projects, but nothing this big. Um, and so like scaling experience is always like part of the learning curve. And I mean, I, I learn every day, like I, I'm taught stuff from our programming team every single day. And then vice versa where it's like i'll pass off a little bit of my like technical knowledge from sound to other people or like how we're doing x or y or everyone's sharing knowledge at this point to like make it through and make this game as cool as we can and that's like the best part you have to and everyone that's like there's always growing pains for everything but uh i think we're pushing through those pretty well like everyone's everyone's very open-minded to learn and like progress and everybody wants to see this game do extremely well and so now in a week, I'm going to TwitchCon, and we're going to show it off a little bit at TwitchCon. We got some cool merchandise, and the whole thing seems fun. I mean, it's it seems like a weird fever dream when I look back at like how fast everything's moving. So wait, so you you get introduced to Zach, mm-hmm. and then oh, where does it go from there? Because like a week I, I, a week I, of us doing almost nothing but talking. We're setting up like Slack. We're doing. We're trying to figure out how are we going to communicate infrastructure. Yeah, we're like this. Almost every single person is remote. Like, there's a couple people that live in the same cities, and that's it. So, the majority of our teamwork together is all done over Slack or, or over Discord at first. At this point, did they tell you that you're going to be full? No. You're so you're no. still just so like- everybody's working on. At this point, I think we were talking about we were just trying to figure out how how we were with like at this point we were just making stuff me and all the other sound design guys we were all just making sound design elements that we were like this would be cool this would be cool this would be cool and we were trying to organize it as best as we could into like a google drive so that we were like let's get ahead of the curve yeah man. like let's make as much as we can now yep but before any of this stuff is and we'll repurpose whatever we can or we'll change it or what but let's just start making and like, you're just you're just byron put out this idea to all of us and we didn't have any like the leadership hadn't really like been established yet and we hadn't figured out how we were actually going to work but we were talking every day and everybody was so excited that we just started creating like non-stop and i think we we made some insane amount of like sound effects and we were making some crazy like like theme songs that we thought might work with the game and most of them haven't been used but so you're just making the time to do all this stuff like nobody's yeah. like nobody's nobody, telling nobody you was like, telling us to do this nobody was like and you're not getting paid nobody's yeah nobody i, I don't know how i can't remember ex- exactly how early it was before we got things set up but essentially for a week 
we didn't really have any structure of what we were doing. And this was all like people were just coming into the project and we were trying to get things set up. That's and then dope. a weekend, the people that were already set up for leads, like our tech lead, programming lead and all that stuff, they were like, hey, you wanna, do you wanna like lead this, the sound department? Cause I was kind of communicating with them the most and trying to figure out like, how do we, we gotta get this ball rolling. A weekend you get offered to the, be the, 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 the lead. sound lead. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Byron sound. messaged me. It was Zach and Zach and somebody else had taught and Lurker, our programming lead. Okay. Had talked to Byron and they were like, I think he, they were like, can you make the time for this? Like Zach knew that I was doing the podcast stuff mm-hmm. and his own, he was like, I think you'd be the perfect lead for the, for the audio department. I just need to know if you can make the time to do this. Cause I was doing, I was working on set all the time and I was doing podcast stuff with you guys and everything was developing. So it was busy constantly. And he's so, like, can you make the time for this? And then I was like, yeah. So this is, <laughs> this is where now, which is the reason why you're having to pass on all those freelance gigs or mm-hmm. passing them on to other people. Cause my decision was if I'm going to lead this, like I want, like there's, there's no option for like no. failure in this scenario. No. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with passing like pass, like putting a hold on commercial and everything else work. Like that work will always be there. And I know that always um, like that industry doesn't stop moving. There's so much money in that industry. It, yeah. It's like they have budgets for that. Yeah. People literally die. And of course nothing stops. Like no. most big sets if, for people that don't know if there's an old director or somebody with health problems, the like film companies, like the companies that insure productions, they hire a second director to sit and follow that guy all around in case he dies in the middle of production so that the production can keep going. Literally insane. But there's so much money in the film industry that that has to happen. Like from, from like a financial investment standpoint, these things have to be like accounted for. And I think that's such, that's such a great, I think that's such a great move on your end to just halt everything and just be like, I'm good on that. This is something that you want to pursue. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I was like, I'm still like to this day more passionate about this than I am probably actually, I would say it's pretty equal parts like the podcasts between these spaces and that, that that's where I'm like, if I have, it's like, there's three pick two. I picked my two. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) And that type of thing. And see now, and then now you're, you have like, now you have freedom to do what you want to do yeah and that now, was the that was the point where i was like i get to choose yeah and and now you're you're working remotely now you're the sound lead for a fucking video game mm-hmm. called everland yeah um yeah let people know about what 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 everland is like okay because what you've yeah. ever what, what you've told me i don't know how much you're allowed to talk about I mean, yeah, pretty much everything that's public, like on our website. But so if you guys go to playeverland.com, you can see the most about it and you can check out our teams and everything like that. I remember um, you were telling me it, it's similar to um, Club Penguin. No, the other not Club Penguin. Have like, a hotel. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Okay. So it's I would say it's a cross between if you're looking at it from like referencing other games, it's probably yeah. somewhere in in the realm of that. Um but we're still going through development, so like you never know. What's yeah exactly what, like the adjectives the I use to describe yeah. the game could change or do change every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but if you're gonna make a comparison i guess it's the between those three games it's good um dude i'm excited i would check out the website i remember that's you, my biggest thing what's the website playeverland.com i remember when you showed it to me because i'm a big fan of like pixel art mm-hmm. obviously the logo for the podcast yep. is pixel art mm-hmm. and i remember when i first started playing stardew valley i was i don't know why i like that game you're not really doing yeah. anything dude me too just I, the way it looks the music video games have become more of like a stress release for most people now i think yeah and there's games out there that you can sit back and just zone out to and be in that world and be immersed in it and then there's games that you can like play competitively and get amped up about and fucking rage quit yeah exactly <laughs> and stardew valley is definitely in the category of like i get lost in this world and it's crazy yeah the game is crazy that and that's honestly that feeling from that game is my biggest inspiration for literally everything we're doing i want it to be so immersive that you're just lost and yeah. the best part is like i would say the difference between stardew valley is like you're lost in your own world where you're the only person there and it's computers and like, i mean it's ai or yeah. not ai it's a uh, man that term is used so much i that's what that's what came to my mind but it's like npcs NPCs, like scripted scripted stuff yeah um but that's the world that's like laid out for you there and the difference is ours is going to be the world that you get immersed immersed in and there's other people there with you to be immersed with i'm hyped for that video game yeah i am too and I'm, na- I'm hyped for everything that we've been doing. And, and now, like you said, now you're going to TwitchCon. Yeah. Literally, Sam and I fly out next Wednesday. Yo, that's so sick. Or t- Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. And how long are you going to be out there? A week. Yeah, dude. You're, you're literally going to San Jose for a week. That's sick. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. And this all, thing's nuts. this all stemmed from reaching out to somebody on, on twitter you, you reaching out to somebody on twitter you making that move and also no, there's there's smaller stuff in there of too. Well, like following up i followed up with zach like three times of course because he's getting tons of people messaging him the guys like byron starts sending everyone from twitter to him yeah and the yeah. guy's getting an influx of people and Crazy. following up every day repetition he's bound to notice me and i already know this stuff from like basic job searching in new york and a lot of other stuff like being the one at the top of the stack first thing in the morning when you wake up any of that stuff all matters yep like you were someone saying. will say it doesn't matter it's all luck that person is the one that's not going to get the job Fuck the luck. one that's saying that so <laughs> like i was telling like i was telling you um i was just talking to my friend via text he was like he was asking me about something and i was like hey um hold up i'm actually about to do a podcast Mm -hmm. he was like oh good luck with that man and i was like man fuck luck yeah dude (laughs) fuck luck you know it's gonna be a good good podcast because we're making it a good podcast yeah man minus sorry you guys don't get a bunch of camera views i'm trying to like focus on the conversation on the conversation and like telling story my brain feels like jumbled so much that i have to focus on conversation a little bit more if i'm not just producing it or engineering everybody that i've had on this podcast is just crazy inspirational to me because everybody that i've had like everybody here is just hustlers maybe it's because the host is very inspirational to all the people on the podcast did you ever think about that fuck no well you should because there's a reason all of us check like check your instagram check everything like that like you're a busy guy and i'm telling you this because everybody in this entire area knows it but when you post 
the, your make time running stuff at the end of the day, every single person sees it. Anyone in this space that you, that you've worked with that follows you on Instagram, like it's the easiest way to not be texting people and checking up with everybody, but you just checked up with everybody because at the end of the day, everyone sees those. Cause I get reminded of it either with via who I'm with or myself, if I'm at home, if I'm like here working and I go, Oh, Miguel's got a story up. Boom. And I, and almost 90%, if it's past nine o'clock at night, you're I'm, making time to run, dude. Yeah. I'm out there putting in, putting in those miles. Yeah. Or I'm checking up on stories of you building that, like the wood shop dude, or like Thanks, building man. sets over there. Like that's inspirational. It's like, we're seeing your work through like a small lens, obviously. And that isn't by any means like a good representation of exactly what you do, but I promise you everyone takes notice. Dude, that means a lot hearing that. And I just think we're, I just think we're all hustlers, man. Like everybody I've had on the podcast, everybody in this area, like when I just talk to them and I'm just like, Oh, so what are you doing today? It's just like, nobody's telling anybody what to really do. Everybody's just kind of like operating. You because, operate, yeah. Because they know what they want, they know what needs to get done, and everybody's mm-hmm. just, like, self-sufficient around here. Also, there's never nothing to do. I don't ever. think I've ever heard of anyone in our group when you say, like, oh, what are you doing? And you just go, oh, like, if they say, oh, nothing, it just means that they, they can prioritize what you're about to ask them to do. Yeah. But if you really ask them, like, do you have anything to do today? Nobody will say no. Nothing's Nobody, going on. Yeah, no, nothing is going on. Nobody will ever say that. No, man. In these, in, in, yeah. It's New York City, dude. I, there's, yeah. there's something, there's, there's something to something it. Going on, dude. Colin, there's I know you have a hard out and fuck, I think your hard out was three o'clock. It's 324. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I got lost in this conversation. <laughs> I can, I could still go. No, man. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hold you up. I know you okay. have, you have other things to do. Yeah. Um, how do we do this outro? I don't know. Or should we do the outro later? I, th- I think we have to we'll have to do it later yeah but yeah i guess we'll end okay. we'll end the live stream and the podcast now okay I'll, i'm gonna give my plug to everybody yo please here we go shoot the plug plug it in uh you guys can follow me on instagram at colin e cornwell yes uh check me out on instagram twitter colin cornwell no e in the middle and then uh playeverland.com everybody go to playeverland.com and um keep keep a close eye on 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 sam sheffer as well and and colin when they yep. go out to TwitchCon, say what's up to those guys if you're gonna be out there mm-hmm. i'm sure you guys are gonna be posting a lot of stuff oh, on yeah. your stories sam's and... sam is gonna do content the entire time we're there um shout out to sam sheffer man yeah the holding it down dude teaching us all shout, <laughs> shout out to sam man. yeah um yeah i think that's it colin thank you for being on dude dude thank you i appreciate it Thanks everyone for listening. Please follow or subscribe and rate this podcast. It really helps. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Miguel Miola to get updates on the podcast and follow the podcast on YouTube at, <laughs> at Sweet206. I recently rebranded and I got to get up to 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel to be able to change the channel's name. Thank you all for listening.